0: Awesome. All right, what a powerful worship service this morning. How many of you felt the Spirit of the Lord? Come on. God is with us. Hey, before we get into the sermon this morning, I have a few announcements to share. Uh, we have Mission 22 Kids, which is for fourth and fifth grade students, and that's starting on September 13th, and they meet every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. by Zoom, and then the last Wednesday of each month in person here at the church. And that is really fun. I know this last summer they culminated uh, with a, a mini uh, mission trip. Uh, do you remember where they went, what the name of that church was? Quinnault Valley Chapel. Thank you so much. It was really, really fun. Um, you can find out more about that at the City Kids Facebook page, the Connection Center, or at the Parent Info Board in the City Kids Classroom. Uh, For those of you that don't know me, my name is Cameron Luft, and I am the youth pastor here, Harbor City Youth. How many middle schoolers, high schoolers do we have here this morning? Okay. (laughs) You are invited. Hey, how many of you know a middle school or high school student? There we go. We're going to start off with some, um, we, our, our youth group just started back up meeting weekly in the building last Thursday. We meet every Thursday, 7 to 8, but we're going to be launching some small group breakout study times for middle school girls, high school girls. Uh, middle school girls will be t- with Tiffany Berger, the high school girls with Tiffany, uh, excuse not Tiffany Long, Carolong. Long. And I will be with the middle school, high school boys learning about Proverbs September 22nd. And so God is doing really awesome things in our youth group. There's a a great heart and desire to learn. We have our Invite Sunday coming up, which actually means you invite them this week that so that they would come next Sunday. So this is an opportunity. Do you see some cards near you around you? There are some there. I see a couple up front if you need some. And these are invite cards that you can invite your your neighbor, your sister, your hairdresser, the lady that walks the dog for you. Who can you who else can you invite? The barista? So teachers, so invite your friends, family and also the donut ministry team is going to be popping out hot fresh donuts They're fresh and they're going to be here next Sunday. So come on out for that. Does that sound good? All right. Well, we have been going through a series about how do I know? And this morning I will be speaking about how do I know God's purpose for my life? Have you, anybody here ever inquired or been inquisitive or been curious or longing to know God's purpose for your life? Would you raise your hand this morning? All right, this is a good show of hands, so I am in the right place this morning. I remember when I was a young student, 23 years old, that was quite a long time ago now, over 20 years ago. I was a student at Central Washington University, and I was taking geology classes, and I took a bowling class. That's the kind of student I was. Yeah, the bowling sounded a lot more fun than, than geography and other things. But I remember, uh, you know, my geology professor, he never told me about Jesus, did he? Central Washington University. And I didn't hear, there wasn't hardly any talk of God on campus. Definitely in the classrooms, there was no talk about purpose. And I didn't really know the Lord. And I remember I was kind of, I went to, by the way, I went to college to find the purpose for my life. I don't know that, I didn't necessarily find it in the classroom, But there was a a gal in one of my ceramics classes, her name was Lisa, and she was sculpting this big ceramic head of Jesus. I hope that Jesus didn't look like that head. It was maybe one of the ugliest sculpture heads, and I remember in the the art critique that the professor ripped her, her and her sculpture head of Jesus, he ripped her up, and and she was crying, and she was tearful. I think I kind of tried to console her a little, pat her on the back a little bit. Poor Lisa. But, you know, Lisa had a purpose for her life, and she knew about God, and she knew about Jesus, and she knew I was despondent, and I didn't have, I didn't have any purpose, and I didn't understand, that I didn't know about God. There was a plan for my life, and she invited me to the Christian and Missionary Alliance, the CNMA, church in Ellensburg, and I went to service, and I started going for a few weeks, and one Sunday morning, it was a morning just like this, the pastor asked, "Is there anybody here who would like to know the purpose of God for their life?" And I remember, I remember raising my hand. And for me, that was like the million-dollar question. Like I, I, I didn't, I, I like, wow, this is this is why I'm here. This is what I've been curious about. And he said, "You know, all you have to do is ask. You know, it can be that simple. That all we have to do is ask." And we prayed the prayer that morning. The pastor prayed, and I said, "Amen." And then began a journey for me discovering my purpose in God. I didn't find it in my geology class. I didn't even find it in my ceramics class. But I started going to church and the plan of God began to unfold for my life. Jeremiah chapter 29 says this. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says who? Says the Lord. He is not confused about it. I know the thoughts I think towards you, says Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. If you're just maybe hearing about God for the first time this morning, God has thoughts for you. They're good thoughts. They're peaceful thoughts. They're thoughts of hope. God has a plan for your life. You might be in a good season. God has a plan for your life. You might be in a time of crisis and despondent and despair and depression. God has a hope and God has a future for you. And then you will call on me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. He's not shutting off his ears to us, is he? God has a great future for you. God has a purpose for you. You're not an accident. Doesn't matter where you find yourself in. Doesn't it matter about your relational circumstances right now, your financial circumstances? God has a future and a hope for you in him. Can we agree to that? All right, and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart. Well, let's talk about purpose. How many of you know that Jesus had a purpose? John 10.10. 10. For the thief comes, and he actually said this is actually the, this is, why, this is why the thief is coming. The thief doesn't, who's the thief? The devil, Say you can talk to me, yeah. The thief doesn't, I'm asking questions. The thief doesn't come except I love the King James Version. It's just old school. The thief does not come but for two. I know you don't like that version so much. The thief doesn't come except to steal, to kill. That, right? That's his purpose, right? That's why he shows up on the steam. These are some good verses, by the way. This, if you come this morning and so you just get a, hold a couple of these verses, this will help. But I have come. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly come on that's why jesus is here that's his purpose to give you a future to give you a hope to give you life to give it more abundantly one of his first sermons recorded in the book of luke he says the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me i have been enabled by the holy spirit to preach good news to the poor are you poor there's there's future for you preach good news to the poor Proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That's why Jesus came. That's what he did. That's what he does. That's what he's doing. That's what he's going to do. And it doesn't stop there. What, what, what else about his purpose? Acts ten thirty eight. How God anointed. Oh, he's still anointed, isn't he? He was anointed in Luke. He's still anointed in Acts. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. With thank you, with the Holy Spirit, with power, he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. God is with him, and finally, and we, 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 could, you know, we could spend weeks talking about the purpose of Jesus. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Newsflash: We always win. Satan always loses. We are more than conquerors through him. Amen. You're more than conqueror. Jesus had a purpose. But the early disciples, you know, they also had a purpose. In Matthew 4, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. I like this. You know, they have their first encounter with Jesus. He says, follow me. And he drops purpose right there. You may have been serving God for five, 10, 15 years. There's purpose for you. This may be your first day in the house of the Lord, and God is ready to drop purpose in your life. Follow me, he says, and I'll make you fishers of men. You know, sometimes God can even look at, talking about purpose, look at our natural profession in life, and that can be a a symbolic or spiritual clue what he wants to do spiritually. These boys were fishermen, boys. You know all about fishing, and I'm going to talk to you about through that, through your life and through your calling and through your trade and through your occupation. I'm going to teach you to be fishers of men. I think I, I went fishing this past summer uh, on, a, on a charter boat out at Westport, and I got to hang out with some of the, the fishermen. And I'm telling you, I felt, so, I felt like I was with, with Jesus' crew. Jesus would like Westport. I think I think Jesus how many of you think Jesus likes Aberdeen? I think he feels right at home here. God can use your natural occupation to speak to you spiritually. I remember I was a I was a garbage man for years. And I and I came to your house. Remember you guys took take fill your toters full of garbage. We already talked a few weeks ago about what toters are and you you put your toter on the curb and the garbage man comes by and that was me and we I would take your garbage. So I'm hoping hoping spiritually that maybe my, not so much a physical garbage man, but I can help take some of the garbage out of your life. Does that sound good? So now you don't have the garbage. Now I have the garbage. But I take it to the transfer station. We get rid of it there. Early disciples had purpose. Jesus looked at Peter. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. I think God has a word for you too. He doesn't want you clueless. He's not holding purpose from you but he wants to reveal it to you. Peter, this is your purpose. Feed my sheep. Boys, you're fishing. You're going to be fishers of men. There's purpose for you, and it can be made known. Remember, we're going to call on him and go and pray to him. He's listening to us, and he's going to answer us. Jesus had purpose. Disciples had purpose. Let's go a little deeper. Paul had purpose. Ephesians 3.8, to me, Paul writes, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. He said, this is why I'm here. I know why I'm here. I would like to you to get to a place where you say, I know why I'm here. The message translation says it like this. This is my life work. How many of you would like to know what your life work is? Helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. I think God is in the business of surprising some of us about the plan, the future, and the destiny that he has for us. Matter of fact, there is a scripture, and it says, No eye has seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Who's that? That's us. Very good. Yeah, that's good. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But, but, well, it's like, man, well, no eye has heard, no no, no, eye has seen, no ear has heard, but we want to know. Well, but God has revealed these things to us by his spirit. God wants to show us the deep things of God, the things that have been hidden since the foundation of time. God has a purpose. God has a plan. The disciples had a plan. Paul had a purpose, and you've got a purpose in God as well, and God wants to make it known to you. Let's finish that verse. I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. You ever felt unqualified? I think, if we're honest, I think a lot of us have felt unqualified. I heard somebody say this once, and I think I've heard my wife say it before. God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. Matter of fact, my Bible says that God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And the weak things of the world and the things that are despised, God has chosen. So you, f- you feel a little unqualified, you feel a little weak, you feel un- unsure. Guess what? That means God wants to use you. God, watch this, God, his strength is made perfect in weakness. God wants to show himself strong in your life, in you, and through you. All right, you have a purpose. Now, in your notes, I'm going to give you four general purposes that God created mankind. This is for you. This is for you. This is for you. Those that are um, working in the coffee shop, this is for them. Those that are working right now at Target and Olympia or wherever they are, this is God's purpose for everybody, okay? Number one is have a relationship with him. God wants relationship with everyone. We need to get to know God. I remember in the the, the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis, you remember Adam and Eve were in the garden, and God said, do not eat from the tree, from the fruit, from the knowledge of good and evil, and they ate and she ate. And they were naked and afraid. It was like the first reality show, right? And God's walking in the cool of the garden. Adam, where are you? Why? Because God wants a relationship with us, doesn't he? And Adam said, well, Lord, it was the woman that you gave me. She made me do it. And the woman said, and God talks to the woman. She goes, well, the serpent made me do it. And the serpent, what about him? He didn't have a leg to stand on. (laughs) Ooh. Hello. You here with me? All right. We're working. God is a father that wanted to have a family of kids to relate to. Relationship. Number two, character so that we can grow in Christ-likeness. God made man in his image so that we can reflect Christ in the world. We all look different on the outside, but God wants us all to have the same character and moral integrity that he has on the inside. I like something Paul said to the church at Galatia, my little children from whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Do you know that Christ is being formed in you? Actually, one scripture says that we're the fragrance of him. We're the fragrance of Christ. God wants us to be merciful, forgiving, loving, kind. I share a quote. It should be on the board. Uh, Pastor Doug Lassett in Colorado, he, he said this, You have to be who you're called to be before you can do what you're called to do. Yeah. Character. Number three, reproduction. We're called to reproduce. Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill th- Some of you like that, being fruitful and multiplying. I got one amen up in here. My wife reminded me. She goes, you know, Cameron, I was thinking about when you shared that verse that when we first got married, she, she reminded me, I wanted six kids. How many of you have six kids in here? Okay. Oh, you got way. Well, hey, you guys are awesome. I had one kid, and I said, oh, man. So we had two and three, and then I shut it down after that, but... I hand it to you guys be fruitful, multiply, fulfilling the will of God. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing. Reproduction. Now, we can reproduce naturally, but how many of you know that we can reproduce spiritually as well? Apostle Paul had a son. He called, he'd write in, in, in 1 Timothy, to Timothy, a true son in the faith. A True son, I like I love seeing uh Josh up here this morning. Josh, we go way back 10 feet, I don't know how many years it's been, it could be up to 20. I'm not totally sure. I don't want to date you, I dated me, but um, but his pastor, Pastor Michael Hurley, was, was really my first pastor, and he he reproduced some of his spiritual vigor and uh, some of the character and some of the fruit. He reproduced that, you know, you can do that too. You're called to reproduce, there's something in you that other people around you. Uh, need and finally we're called to dominion to be an instrument in his hand god has placed us on the earth with a specific function in mind to fill the earth subdue it we accomplish this through the work that we do and glorify him by working unto him so uh, we we have dominion and i think there's also spiritual authority jesus said behold i give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions who are the serpents and scorpions like serpents and scorpions spiritual authority. Thank you, Pastor Doug Demons. And overall, the power of the enemy. Yeah. So that's general purpose. That's what we're all called to do. We, we were called for relationship with God, to become like God, grow in our character, to pass on his life to others, spiritually, naturally, and to be an instrument in his hand. But I also find when I talk about purpose, that we like the general purpose, and that's for everybody, but I find that people are inquisitive that. But what's the specific plan for, for my life? So I want to go in, and this is all in your notes. We're going to talk about how God has uniquely shaped you. What's unique about you. In your notes, number one, spiritual gifts. I love this. In, in, in 1 Corinthians, talking to the church at Corinth, uh, Paul writes, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? So you can't come in here and say, I'm not gifted. You've given your life to Jesus. You're serving him. And Paul writes to the church, a spiritual gift is given to each of you. Now, I think that a gift that I have in my life, one of them, is the gift of teaching. And so I like to, and and I have an office, you know, it's back through those doors. It's not actually a dungeon. There's actually an office back through those doors. And and I sit and I I study, and I've, I've got my nice big brown leather chair in my living room, and I like to sit and study. I like to study in my bed sometimes. And a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Not just for you, though. You might be blessed by your spiritual gift. I might get blessed by teaching and learning, but the gift is given to each one. What does this say? So that we can help each other. One translation says, for the benefit of all. Raymond, I need what you have. Yeah. George, I need what you have. George, the guy in the back needs what you have. You in the back, we need what you have up front. The spiritual gifts are great, but they're not just for you. You might be blessed, and you might, be, you might benefit of that, but the spiritual gift is given to each one for the benefit of all. Come on. Come on. That's good stuff. This, so guess what? Guess how we, we go about doing this? We actually have a spiritual gift test that you can take, and this spiritual gift test can be a signpost for you, a kind of a, a guiding way. We do Equip 101, Equip 201. We do the spiritual gift test. Matter of fact, next week we are starting our equip equip classes. If you have not go- gone through those, I encourage you get and do the equip classes and we can help to dial in your spiritual gifts. You know, I was reminded actually we were at a um we we were having our baptism and barbecue. You guys remember that a few weeks ago, I don't know, how long, maybe it's been a month ago. And we got to do some baptisms. We got to eat some good food. And afterwards, we're doing a cleanup. And we're putting some, some tables and some chairs away, and I'm sure some of you are helping. And there was a gentleman here, and he had just started coming, and I said, and he was helping clean up the tables. I said, wow, thank you so much for just staying after and helping us clean up. You know what he said to me? He said, this is my jam. This is my jam. You, know you know what I heard? This guy has a gift of helps in his life. We Sometimes we take things for granted, but there's actual spiritual gift operating. And what a help it is. How many of you is it your jam to help and clean up and do chairs and all that stuff? I get a few people. I have a few hands. Yeah. And so all of us are unique and have gifts for the benefit of all. All right. Let's talk about heart. So you have your spiritual gifts. You have heart. What moves you to compassion? What keeps you up at night? What are you passionate about? You know, I remember it was said about Jesus, they said, zeal, they remembered, zeal for the Father's house has consumed him. You know, really where this sermon was born out of, one of the great things, in a great zeal and a great passion in my life, because if I go back to when I was 22, 23 years old, Central Washington University, no plan, no purpose, no hope, no future, no destiny, never heard about it. I want to help those that have never heard about it and didn't know about a plan. And as I've grappled with purpose and and discovering what on earth am I here for, I find that one of my greatest purposes is helping you discover your purpose. Spiritual gifts. You have heart. You have compassion. You also have natural abilities. You know, I remember uh, in in college, I had a rock and roll band called Gift. Spelled G-Y-F-T. And people would say, hey, your band's playing this weekend. We're going to come here jifed. No, it's not jiked it's it's a gift and guess what and we weren't using gift was not a gift from god or for god i don't think and we were we we were gifted we were jamming why because we loved the fan, we love the crowd cheering at us and and cheering us on we wanted a little taste of the glory we wanted to see what it tastes like but you know that's not what spiritual gifts are for that's not what abilities for and i remember i gave my life to jesus And uh, Josh's pastor, Pastor Michael Hurley, he said, he looked at my ability and said, you know, you have some some ability. So I think we could use you on the worship team. Mm -hmm. And and he put me, my first ministry, my first gig was learning that music is great and guitar is great, but it's more about having a heart of worship. These instruments and these abilities were used to glorify God. You have spiritual gifts. You have heart. You have some things that stir you up at night. You have some natural ability. God is using your shape to help you discover your purpose. Uh, number four, you have personality. How many introverts do we have in here? We have, and Usually the introverts probably like, I'm not, raising, I'm not putting my hand up. You might be surprised to find that I'm an introvert. People think you're an extrovert. Well, you see me on stage and I have a microphone in my hand, sure. But are you charged more by studying in your office? And learning, yeah? Is that where you get your charge? How many extroverts do we have in this house? We even have a few. Okay, then we got the extroversion section over here. This is great. So God will use your personality. If you're introverted, you may not lead the door greeter ministry, but you might work behind the scenes, get on a camera. Um, If you're extroverted, maybe you want to start a small group. Maybe you want to get involved in hospitality, events. The point being that God doesn't want to violate your personality, but you're unique. And God is going to use your personality. And also, we have experiences that God wants to use. I remember living on Orcas Island. Has anybody ever heard of the San Juan Islands? Yeah, okay, you hear me talk about San Juan Islands a lot. And the price of real estate was hot out there. And so I, I was able to finally uh, to, to get a home on Orcas Island. And do you guys remember they call it like the Great Recession of 2008, 2009, something like that? Well, before that, I watching the, the value of my real estate go up and up and up. And, man, I was stoked. I was licking my chops. And then, I don't know, maybe I'll sell it and I'll buy this and I'll buy that. And then, and then I watched the price of my real estate, my, my, my home go down and down and down and down and down. And this is what I owe on it. And down and down. and. You don't have to show your hand. Anybody ever been there? Am I, am I the only guy that's been through? Okay, I got a couple of heads. That was a time of, of deep pain for me. It was a pain. It was an experience. But I remember somebody invited me in church to a financial peace university course. And for the first time in my life, I actually learned about finances and budgeting. I was on the envelope system, if you know about that, from, from FPU. You know, this is a great testimony from the church. You know, I really learned how to get my finances in order was in the house of the Lord. Right. Come, on. Come on. And so from that experience, God was able to teach me through that. And just last week at youth, we started a new series on generosity. Because I didn't learn that through K through 12. I didn't learn that in my geology class. I didn't learn that at Central. I suppose if I took an accounting class, I'd probably learn that. I took a ceramics class. They don't, they don't <laughs> teach that in ceramics class. Your test can become your testimony. Your mess can become your message. God wants to utilize your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences to help you discover your purpose. And it's how you're uniquely shaped, and that God wants to use you. Here's a few questions for you to consider to help you dial in God's purpose for your life. If you're thinking about doing something, or maybe God wants to use me like this, is there fruit in that area? You know, as I was thinking about this, let's say so, uh, somebody comes and says, uh, you know, I want to go start a, I want to go be an overseas missionary and reach, reach out into the world. I love it. Have you reached your neighbor? Right? Have you reached those down? And he, he might, maybe, maybe they say, man, we've reached our neighbors. We've reached them. We reached across the street. I love the sound of this. There's fruit in that area. Do other th- people think that you're good about it? What about those closest to your pastors, leaders, friends? I remember the first time I spoke, I was in, in Veracruz, Mexico. The first speeching opportunity I had, I was on a mission trip, and I was so nervous to speak, and the pastor said, Cameron, do, do you want me on stage with you? I said, yeah, I want you on stage with me. I pulled the senior leader out, Wednesday night youth group, and he says, would you feel better if you had a couple chairs to sit in? Yeah, we better sit down in a couple chairs. And I sat in my chair for 10 minutes. I shared a little bit. I had a translator, about 10 minutes. At the very end, I said, is there any, any kids here who just... You want to know Jesus, you want him to come into your life. And hands shot up all over. And I remember the, the, the pastor looked at me and said, you know, there's something in your life there's, some, there's something active. I think God can use you in this area. And I spoke again, and I got invited to speak again, and I got invited to speak. I got invited to speak again this morning. But it started because somebody gave me an opportunity, observed and identified something that I didn't see in myself. Your leaders, pastors, small group leaders, those in your life can see things in your life that you may not be able to see. Let them pull that out of you. I do want to say this, and maybe the most important thing, that our life calling is always found in God. We can try to discover that on our own. I tried to start the band called Gift, and although maybe I had a sense of that God wanted to use me musically in one way, I was so far off in how I was using that gift, and I gave my life to God and said, now this is properly how to use some of the the desires and the passions in your life. This is something God said to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb... I knew you. Do you know that God knew you before you were even formed in the womb? Before you were born, I sanctified you. I had set you apart for something. Do you know that before you were born, that God had a plan for your life? I ordained you a prophet to the nations. You know that you have to consult the creator on what he has created you to do. He's the one that decides the spiritual gifts, the zeal, the heart, the heart, uh, uh, the, the passion on your heart, abilities, your personality, those experiences. God is working all things together for good for those of you that love him. Isaiah says this, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are potter and all we are the work of your hand. He's the potter, isn't he? Does the pot say to the potter, I'm going to be made like this? Or the potter determines what the pot does. Now, you see these pots here. I have a little pottery studio in my garage. And uh, I made this cool. That's an opinion. I think it's pretty cool. Ceramic. What can I do with this ceramic mug? Hello? (laughs) I can have some coffee. Can I have some juice? Some tea? Yeah. But but I determined. I made the mug. This is what it's for because I made this. What about this beauty? By the way, it's not cracked. It's crackled. It's on the surface. What can I do with this? Flowers. You do some, maybe some dried. It doesn't actually hold water. It doesn't hold water. It's, it's a fancy design, but it can have dry flowers. And what about this beauty? Ooh. Oh, eh, you know. Ice cream. That's a lot of ice cream, isn't it? Yeah but I made this. So I get determined, right? Because I'm, I'm the master potter. You want to know what this thing has it's been on my desk? You know what this actually does? It's weird. It holds post-it notes. I don't know why I use it for that. I like, I have notes. I can put them on the wall on the desk, but I just, I like putting them in that bowl, but I made the pot. Now these are dead wood, uh, mud. They don't talk back. They don't have an opinion. They don't have any ideas. They, they'll probably accept what I, what I tell them to do. But you know, we're like living stones, as the Bible says. We're presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. And God has uniquely shaped you. He's the potter, we're the clay. And we decide, all right, Lord, I want to be used how you uniquely shape me to be. We get a choice in the matter. We get a choice in the matter. Here's a thought I wrote down. Oh, uh, 1 Corinthians says, But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. You are not an accident, you are not a mistake. You have unique giftings, abilities, talents. God has something special. God never made a mistake. He never made a failure. But we can choose to go on with God. That's right. You will find fulfillment in your life when, number one, you give your life to Jesus. It always starts with God. Our purpose, we have to go to the creator. We have to go to God. We have to go to our heavenly father. Oh, Lord, you are the potter. We're the clay. Your purpose in calling life, this is your last note, is more discovered than chosen. I, in college, I tried to choose out and craft out and say, I'm going to press through. I'm going to be this rock and roll guy. I have, I have no business being a rock and roll guy. That's not, that wasn't my calling. But in God, we can discover how God has made us to be. I'd like everybody to stand this morning. I'm going to read just a statement I wrote. It says, come into the family of God. Learn from Jesus. Let him place you where he desires you to be based on your giftings, callings, talents, passions, fruitfulness. There's a final prayer of David. It's Psalm 20, uh, chapter 20, verse 4. It says this. If you just bow your heads, I want to pray this over you. I just love this verse. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose." Every head bowed. Maybe some of you, this is the first time you've heard about God, you've heard about Jesus. Jesus is still about doing good. Jesus still came to bring life, life more abundantly. Jesus still has good news for you. I wanna give, with every head bowed, anyone an opportunity who has not had the opportunity to ask Jesus to come into their life, make them a new creation, born again, have a new life in God, a new purpose in God, would you raise your hand so that I can pray with you, those online as well? I see that hand. I'd like you to be bold. I see one hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand yeah come on and and the Bible says this today today is the day of salvation this is your moment you've heard the message about Jesus he's doing good he came to give life last call is there anybody else you would like to invite Jesus into your life All right, we're all going to pray say Father thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to die in my place be my lord my savior my boss my friend my king thank you for saving me and forgiving me of all my sins and for making me new in you in jesus name amen give those guys a great hand clap that's a bold that's great i'm proud of you that's the best decision you've ever made in your life we're going to worship a little longer. I would like to invite the prayer team to come forward. If you'd like some prayer this morning, prayer requests, you want to. You want someone to agree with you in prayer for someone else, come on forward. If you want someone to, to pray with you about the plan of God, the purpose of God for your life, come on forward. Prayer team, come on up. If you have prayer requests, come on up, and we're going to worship a little longer.